Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. I'm always excited to have my Mondays roll around because I always have such interesting guests, and today is no exception. My guests are from Colab Youth. Mary Hewitt is the founder and executive director of the Colab Youth Workforce Development Program, and Brian Berry is the vice president of the Colab Advisory Board. And I want to welcome you to the show. Hi, Mary. Hi. Thank you for having me, and, and Brian, thank you for having us. You're welcome. Hi, Brian. Absolutely. Hi. It's, it's, so it's really, it's, oh, I'm so delighted to have you both join us. Um, Mary and I actually did a podcast many years ago, so this is a return visit for her. And I'm, I always like when that happens because things happen in between the years on what's happening next. So I, I would like to really start this podcast the way I always do, which is, who are you? You know, what are you all about, Alfie? So let's start with you, Mary. <laughs> and I'm sorry, sometimes music just slips in there. What can I tell you? It's, it's live and that's what happens. So why don't we start with you, Mary? Why don't you tell our guests, our guests, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I, I was up until uh, December, I was the executive director for about nine and a half years of the Los Angeles County Alliance for Boys and Girls Clubs. And prior to that, I was with the American Diabetes Association as it runs in my family. Mm-hmm. And it was a great opportunity for me to see firsthand in both of those positions the dire need for education for our youth, whether it's health, mental health. Uh, opportunities in STEM and all kinds of things. But my background also is I was born in Fullerton, and uh, when I was very young, I we moved to Hawaii. I grew up in Kailua on Oahu, and uh, when I was about 16, we moved to Seattle, Washington, and I finished high school there, and then moved to Washington, D.C. about two years after I graduated from college, and uh, had a fantastic experience working for the executive branch of the U.S. government, uh, the U.S. Treasury Department, and on Capitol Hill, and a few things in between, and got my master's in international affairs at Georgetown University. Dang, girl, that's 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 really remarkable. What a what a what a perfect person, based on all of your experiences to bring what you love to this new chapter in your life. I, I, it's sensational. So thank you for, for that background. What about you, Brian? You and I don't know each other, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, sure. It, you know, I have an interesting background, and many people ask, wow, you've had a lot of career changes when they first look at uh, my background, I, and I remind them that, you know, careers usually don't change a whole lot. We tend to 
figure out how to get paid for doing what we're passionate about, but our job titles will change. And my background is, is actually clinical orthopedics and sports medicine. So I grew up hmm. in, uh, in Detroit. And if, if you remember the movie <sighs> 8 Mile, I lived on, I lived on Honey. Mile. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that you grew up in Detroit. Now, that can be another show. That's where my husband yeah. was born and raised. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Good good, good place to be from and not to be, right? And, uh, That's why he left yeah, and so, came to Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, in that, uh, in that field, I, I was, uh, worked at University of Colorado in Boulder. That was my first job out of grad school. And then uh, I got tricked into, I mean, talked into, I mean, invited to be <laughs> in San Diego. And I was the uh, director of sports medicine at San Diego State for many, many years. And I had a vast undergraduate, graduate, and physician fellowship. And um, mm. they were all my babies, so I wanted to make sure they all had good, cool jobs out there. So... I've always had career development kind of front and center along with the actual clinical work. And uh, so then I got into medical manufacturing, and uh, that was my first real intro to corporate America. And I opened my mouth in a board meeting with a product <laughs> idea, and my CEO said, okay. And he was, he was a British knight. He was full beard, very proper, good guy. In front of everybody, you said, uh, uh, okay, B-Square, we love your idea. You're going to present it to the Global Conference in three weeks. And I think I blacked out. And uh, <laughs> as a leader, he pulled me aside and he said, relax, mate. I'm going to send you to this course this weekend. And it was the Dale Carnegie Executive Presentations course. And that course mm. changed my life and it saved my bacon. So then I became a Dale Carnegie coach and, uh, you know, taking performance improvement from the medical aspect and the line of questioning to find out what's really wrong in organizations, kind of the pathology. <clears throat> I'd help compound the elixir and then do the coaching. So uh, always been part of performance improvement. And when I saw what Mary was doing, with collab, I thought this is absolutely essential because at that time I was the uh, chief of staff for the Los Angeles Area Chamber of Commerce, which had a mm. definite work, workforce readiness component to it. And uh, so then, uh, you know, it was, it was a natural to do whatever I could possibly do to support Mary and uh, and collab, and uh, that brings us here today. It sure does, you know. And I, I'm sorry to jump on top of that whole Detroit thing because you and I will have to talk about this off the air because I did not know that that's um, your beginnings. And uh, what a wonderful place to be from. It's not like that's a bad thing, but we can talk about it another time because this is really about collab, just like what you said, and it's clear to whoever has listened in this beginning of our podcast together, how you both ended up doing what it is you're doing. I understand that you're a volunteer in the program, and that's, you know, programs don't survive without them. So I, I think that's tremendous. And, Mary, I, I just, I, I'm just delighted. So let's, let's start with some foundation here. 
So, Mary, how did CoLab actually come about? So, great question, and I get asked it quite a bit because uh, there are a lot of great programs in L.A. County and across the country to help underserved youth with uh, getting opportunity and access to to meaningful, high-wage, high-growth jobs. However, when I was working with the Alliance, I was – at a lot of meetings, and I attended a lot of receptions and things like that. And I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of high-level or C-suite executives about different aspects of their company. And it would always come up that, oh, my gosh, I wish your kids were older. We need to hire. And the silver tsunami would always come up, especially in terms of the county where – as you have a lot of baby boomers that are positioned to retire in the next several years, thousands of them, which would be could be a huge issue, right, for the mm-hmm. for the county if they all decided to get up and do it at the same time and retire. And so as I started talking to people, I started taking copious notes, and I started realizing that um, they there were things that, they were saying that they were having issues with with some of the young hires. And so then I just kind of took that as a lead-in. So tell me about what is it like to hire young people today? What are some of the challenges? And so I just kind of took all of that information and compiled it and then came up with this idea. And my friend thought I was crazy, but we were actually driving to the Jewish Jewish thrift store in Venice. If you know it, it's awesome, amazing. (laughs) And we're driving there to go look for a Voss. And I said to her, it was kind of girls' day out, and I, I said, I have this idea, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think that I want to create a program and pull all the right people together and have this incredible, impactful workforce development program to bring about the best employees in L.A. County to the companies from the Boys and Girls Clubs or just underserved youth. And she said, do it. You've got to do it. You have nothing to lose. So I then approached ABC7 that had been my partner for the annual Youth of the Year and the STEM program that I put on a few times during my tenure at the Alliance. And I just went to ABC7 and said, I have this idea. Can I talk to you about it? And I think it would be really awesome if ABC7 got involved because this is such a big need and such a big opportunity to foster awareness about these fantastic opportunities for kids in these underserved, under-resourced areas. And Teresa Samniego, that I've worked with her for, for many, many years. We've done a lot of great collaborations. And then she said, uh, let me, I don't know. And then I went back to her again. She said, you're going to do it, aren't you? I said, yeah, <laughs> we're in. <laughs> so then I also was working with the county, and I got the county on board, the WEDAX uh, department, and Maritza Derby-Uvi actually joined. Uh, we asked her to join our advisory board. She's a founding member as well as ABC7. And then we just pulled together all these great people. Some were adjunct professors at UCLA, USC, and um, C-suite executives from all these incredible different industries and I think we were holed up for many hours. We also had a a board member from the West Valley Boys and Girls Club, Gary Thomas, and we put all of our heads together and worked for hours and had a mediator and and a facilitator Mm. did a brain dump with everything we could think of that would make a robust, meaningful, impactful program for these youth 
and that's how it came about. It's it's exciting. I you, you know when people talk and and they're not visual, visual. I mean, I'm not looking at you as we're speaking. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'd like to see you, but that but I guess my point is you can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel the passion. I can feel why this is so important and why you do what you do and why you are successful. So when did actually, I, I, I was listening, but I obviously it, it just jumped over my head. So when did CoLab actually start? When did you open that process? It was May of 2019. And okay. then we had some special sessions to kind of sell the program where any youth was, was invited to, to partake in it. And then COVID hit, and we pivoted and went virtual. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, it was a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing in that we were able to include youth as far as Antelope Valley and Santa Clarita, as far south as San Pedro, and then also downtown youth, whereas before traveling, as you know, in L.A. can be quite challenging and time-consuming. Yes. And it allowed these youth to get on and participate. And, 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 and then I dragged Brian into it, by the way. And mm-hmm. he is not only a master class presenter, a mentor, he's also been a moderator for some of our, our uh, programs, which is fantastic. Absolutely. So, Brian, that's kind of how you got you – didn't, you probably didn't get pulled in kicking and screaming. I bet you came in saying, I'm all in on this, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, it was clear that the, you know, the vision, the mission, and the values were in such beautiful alignment. I could not not be part of this. Yeah, I, I can. I you have a wonderful website, and I might just mention this now, and I'll mention it again as we speak. Um, it's Colab, and I want to spell that for those of you listening. It's K O L L A B Lab. So it's Colab Youth. Fabulous website, truly. Uh, it's it's excellent, and I I can see that there's a variety of people. It's it's a well orchestrated website for people to learn more because I think that what this show is going to be doing as we move through these questions together is that not only will there be adults, working adults that may have a career or maybe they're educators or whatever they do, there's those people. <clears throat> and then there's the listeners that are listening that say, you know, I actually know somebody, a young person that maybe isn't getting all they need out of education right now, and this is where I want to send them. So I see this as a win-win I love the picture of these hands together on top of one another in your on your homepage because I think it says something about start down your path to success, your best path to success. So I, I, I can see why, why you're involved, Brian. Maybe I could just have you con- continue this <clears throat> and ask you this. If I had to have you conceptualize this, what would you say is the concept of Colab? The concept is providing leadership, mentorship, uh, human relations skills, communication, all those skills for youth that typically would never, 
ever have access to that kind of support and coaching. So it's the under-resourced youth that are the most vulnerable. So logic would dictate can access them and provide them these resources. Then the workforce pipeline for companies increases. And there's been a major, major disconnect with businesses and the readiness of mm. up-and-coming youth. And there's five generations in the workforce right now. There's traditionalists, and there are different titles for them, but generally they're traditionalists, which are kind of 70 and older, baby boomers. Uh, you know, they're the ones that, uh, like me, <clears throat> usually like me. goof it up, but we have the best soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then the next <laughs> level are the X and Y generation, which are the least number of bodies out there globally. Which yes. They're the ones that are supposed to be going from director to VP to SVP and CEO. Just not enough of them <clears> there. So it's a big, big challenge. And then you yes. have the millennials who have been, right. you know, badly labeled. And then the latest generation, I think, is misnamed Gen Z. And there's nothing after Z, which means we're screwed. But the the latest generation is really the media generation. And those are the ones that have never, ever, ever not operated off of a device. They, they think the millennials are slow. But the Isn't point is, funny? There, there's something that every generation can contribute to an organization. So bridging that gap between the readiness and the capability and the confidence of that under-resourced youth population and making sure that the businesses out there, whether it's tech, biotech, entertainment, defense, retail, hospitality, food, healthcare, garage band startups to mid-level to Fortune 1, making mm-hmm. sure that they know there is a talent pool out there that they can bring into their organizations is collab is really all about. So it's, it's providing those resources for the under resource youth and making sure that we communicate to the businesses out there that there is this pool of talent. There's an old phrase, you know, hire for attitude and train for skill. So we'll coach them on having that attitude, that, that eagerness to try different things. And any company worth their weight is going to have a, a good training program. So we want to make sure that that pipeline for industry is, is solid and mm-hmm. it is perpetuating and we're just getting started. So that's, uh, that's kind of the concept that I see. That's tremendous. I, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> this could be a three-hour show, I know. Mary, you said something that's truly cracked me up, and I don't know how many other people heard it, when you said silver tsunami. And I thought, what does she mean? And I went, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because those <laughs> are those baby boomers that we just talked about and those generations that the traditionalists, that's even before the baby boomers, and they are leaving. Mm-hmm. They are leaving their workforce. And it is leaving a hole. And um, I, I guess what I'd like to know from you, Mary, is how 
How is this um, different from other workforce development type of programs? How is your what what's different about your program? Our program, because it was created and and still is evolving, which is super cool. We are always evolving the program based on the feedback from the masterclass presenters, the mentors, and the youth. So you kind of have this trifecta, and you have three different perspectives and three different needs and desires, and we pull all of that information and keep the program evolving with incorporate by incorporating that information. But more importantly, the youth are able to get a high school credit if they if they like. Uh, we also are registered pre-apprentice program with the state of California. Mm. We do, we have a bigger platform now that we're independent. The Los Angeles Harbor Boys and Girls Club is our fiscal, fiscal agent, uh, lead agency, and it's been fantastic. And uh, we still work with Boys and Girls Clubs in L.A. County, but we also work with nonprofits and school districts. And our program is extremely robust. We based it on preparation and opportunity, and that preparation includes, as, as Brian mentioned, the soft skills, essential skills, the leadership skills, and making sure that the youth are also uh, have a growth mindset. And for what instance, one of our partners is SUI, which is the Social Emotional Wellness Initiative. And Sarah Young Shepherd is the founder and the and and the executive director, and she works. She's been involved with us since the beginning, and has been a phenomenal so, uh, force in really helping these youth and getting them mm-hmm. access to social workers, or if they need further counseling or information on their social emotional health. And as you know, that's so important, especially during the recovery and response of COVID. It's become paramount for most of these youth just to get out, get get a healthier space. Now as we're kind of going back to this new normal, it's just something that, that's so important. But you asked why is it different? I think also Brian touched on the fact that we have some of the most incredible uh, masterclass presenters. Uh, we've had people from the entertainment industry, like Billy Ray, who's a, a big-time producer. We've had uh, Todd Tucker, who's special effects. Rich Turner from animation. We've had, uh, my goodness, we've even had people from the real estate, legal. We've had even people like Brian Berry, that's expert in Dale Carnegie, um, leadership and communication and so we've also had people from the restaurant business and one of our partners is MEXIRS which is um, they have a plethora of food industry jobs from food science to is it food social media the person that actually promotes the restaurants on social media takes the photographs and the content or also the food scientist that determines the nutrition or someone that works in the plant so we have their folks uh, who are fantastic at conveying how cool these jobs are and technology jobs and healthcare. So it's, it's just fantastic. We've even had a Kaiser Permanente vascular surgeon as a mentor. Our wow. mentors are phenomenal. And Robert Half has been uh, with us from the beginning, and they do this fantastic uh, session, a master class on resume writing and personal brand, interview skills, things like that. All of the things that it's very robust. So the short answer is we're extremely robust and we continue to evolve. Well, and, and it's, it's obvious, and I, as I'm looking at your 
website and and the different industries, including sports and entertainment, which, you know, Brian, you have some background in medicine, you have some background. It's not like you're locked into one bullet hole and you're just, this is the only place that we can go. You know, it looks like, you know, you, you run the gamut for what industries are out there that are looking to support your your youth and and you and you can I, I'm sure that you're never going to turn a mentor down if there's somebody that really wants to mentor I'm sure that mm. they can get in touch with you to do that I guess you mentioned um, the Boys and Girls Club as one place that you get your youth but you mentioned a couple of others what were the others that 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 you are also <coughs> associated with so we work with a lot of different nonprofits. As I mentioned, SUI is one of them. We also work with iFoster. We've had foster youth in our program. That's another thing. We've been able to, through our partnership and sponsorship with T-Mobile, able to get our youth hotspots, Wi-Fi, devices. Nice. Even XPRIZE gave us 100. That's another one of our partners. Monica Groves is one of our collab advisory board members, and she's an expert in rapid reskilling and, uh, you know, aerospace and also helping our youth with social equity and justice. She's done a she did a great program on that even we do we add special sessions in addition to the master classes but we do work with a lot of different nonprofits in the school districts and we're currently working with LAUSD we've also been working a little bit with Antelope Valley School District we hope to uh, continue on that path right. because it is helpful so I uh, because I have some connection to you know what LAUSD is LAUSD is like um, they're they're counselors at the school. They they know about your program. I, I mean, I you know I don't know how many. Uh, maybe we can start here. This might help me to grasp the the uh, how large this is. Um, I know you must go through a screening process for these youth because I don't know how many youth you serve. So how does how does a how does a student that's in an LAUSD program, or, or they go to the Boys and Girls Club after school or whatever, or the iFoster program like you mentioned. How, how do you go about screening those young people for your program? All we ask is they're ages 14 to 18, and we ask that they have a purpose, clarity, and a vision for wanting a better future. And in, and in a very basic way, it just means that they are committed and dedicated to the program, which means we have a, for instance, we have a fun thing that's not tied to curriculum, but it's called Collab Connections. We created it because we realized the youth were feeling a little isolated, and they weren't in classrooms with their friends. So we wanted a way to kind of cross-pollinate youth from, you know, let's say Venice all the way to Santa, uh, to Santa Clarita and get all of our youth to kind of mix. And so we have a host, and it can be someone who is a musician or an actor or someone who loves games, um, Jeopardy, for instance, and the kids play yeah. games, get prizes, but also get to know each other, go into breakout rooms and things like that. So that, it's very simple in terms of the uh, requirement. It's just that they are committed, really, to wanting a better future. And one of the other things, too, I forgot to mention is that we offer certification for our youth in about 15 different industries. So those youth can, from cybersecurity to technology, they're able to get certification so that, and this is something we just started offering, and we have a youth currently undergoing through our partnership with the EC Council to 
uh, go through the cybersecurity certification. That's nice. So is there a limit? There's a, like you said, if, if someone's listening that knows, you know, that, that, that youth person may not be listening to this, the person you're trying to get to. So if somebody is listening and knows somebody that would benefit from this program, um, there, there's an, is, there, is there an application process? And, I mean, do you, can, is the number of young people that you can assist, is, is there a limit? Like is, this is the class of 2022, so we've got our gazillion children, youth, and, and 2023 will start again. How does that part work? We have four um, cohorts a year for, for 2022. And so right now we're in winter and the next one's spring and then summer. And we don't have really any limits. We have 73 current youth currently in our, in this cohort and we hope to continually build and continue that, that outreach. Wonderful. So if you started in 2022 and you're one of those 73 fortunate young people do you continue into 2023 because you're being followed by this mentor? I mean, is there a, is there a limitation? Can they continue the following year? Of course. And we've had Wonderful. quite a few youth actually continue uh, up to three times repeating, repeating the program. And each Lovely. cohort is different and built on the previous one. But it is they are able to do that. So, yes, um, they can repeat it and continue to build their skills and their opportunities through going through our program again. And absolutely, we don't have any limits on that. That's so and, – and they don't pay to do this. Am I right? No, it's free. And, and I have to say with the incredible, gen, generous, unbelievable donation, Brian, maybe you want to touch on this too. Wells Fargo uh, really surprised us. Pleasantly, it was a, a fantastic surprise. Uh, uh, gave us a donation of a million dollars in December oh. of 2021 oh, for the year. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it was a real gift. Wow, it was Brian! A- wow. Yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah, could we just. Did, we did not. Yeah, we did not see that coming. This was a true gift. And one of the things that we're seeing is organizations in the last, definitely during COVID, became very socially responsible. And there's a uh, uh, term for it, corporate social responsibility, where employees are commanding that their organizations be contributors to the community. We're seeing that in all different industries, Mm -hmm. too. Wells Fargo stepping up led the way and it, uh, you know, it was a true gift with no uh, strings attached other than these dollars in this gift would go directly to programs and uh, so they saw the value of collab they completely aligned with it and uh, we're working together so what we'll probably see going forward are different organizations following suit. We're starting to read about those in uh, in the news and hear about them in different reports. So I think that's going to perpetuate, and which offers their employees an opportunity to serve as mentors and contribute to the community in ways they never had before. And Colab is, uh, you know, one solid group that 
you know, they can get involved in, and uh, we welcome them. So going forward, that's that's on our uh, uh, list and agenda going forward is to engage as many different organizations and provide them the opportunity to have their employees, you know, contribute to the youth. So Absolutely. We, we're we're going to see this. We're going to see this scale up. So getting back to your point of do we have a limit as to the number of kids that we can serve? We're ready to scale and reach more communities than ever. So our goal is to keep that thing going. And as we build more mentors, we'll be able to provide more coaching to kids. And those programs will just scale up really nicely and uh, reach more youth. So that's yes. where we are. You know, it's interesting. Oh, and my kids were going through school, you know, K through 12. There was nothing called STEM. STEM was something that was at the, top, was at the bottom of your rose flower. You know, nobody even knew what STEM was back in those days. And so I know that the, our education is looking to improve that and to, like you said, find pathways that might be of interest to a student. Every kid doesn't necessarily go to college. I mean, it, that's just the reality. Some are absolutely college-bound, but but the counseling type of things that they used to have in schools back when my kids were in school, that just doesn't exist anymore. And so somebody needs to be out there because perhaps your parents don't really know how to help you do that. And to think that there's this mentor that could really be that guiding light to say, okay, so, you know, what are you taking? What, are you, what is your coursework like? Um, have, you ever, have you ever thought about volunteering? What, what, as you guys were speaking, what, what come to, came to my mind is down the road, these graduating kids that have gone through your program are going to come back to your program and offer themselves as a testament to what they got. There's no doubt in my mind that these kids mm-hmm. are going to be able to do that because of the generosity of, like you said, Wells Fargo, your generosity, Brian, of, of being um, a, a leader and the other mentors. And it, it's really, it's inspiring. It, it is inspiring because the workforce is changing. And you use that word pivot, which I mean, we've all been using that word a lot in the last couple of years because people have had to make changes in order to continue. And it, it really, you you might not even know the direction you want to go in. You might think, well, I always thought that I was going to be on stage and I was going to be singing, but but really, I'm really good at math and science, and I'm a woman and I didn't understand that there were all these jobs in construction. Holy cow. I didn't even think about that. Whatever that might be, biotech, I didn't even think about that. To have those opportunities presented is just incredible because you're only 14 years old. You haven't necessarily lived a lot of life. And perhaps those first you know, those school-age years when you started school in the first grade, you just didn't even have a direction. You just knew you went to school because that's what you were supposed to do, but you didn't 
you were just aimless. You didn't really know what you were doing. Or perhaps you did, but you didn't know how to get there. So I just, I, I don't know, I'm just... I'm just, I, I, I think I'm answering the questions that I'm about to ask you because I'm so excited about what you're doing. So to, to, to throw this back to you, Brian, why do you think that this workforce development is so important to today's teens? It's, it's, it's planning. And instead of just hoping that the education, I'm going to use this we're very deliberately, the education industry out there has lost touch in the preparedness of grads. And you brought up two populations. You have college grads and then those that don't desire to go to college. Mm-hmm. The university systems are underserving their students. They're not ready. In fact, there was a study that came out of Stanford uh, that, regardless of your degree, over 74% of graduates end up in a sales position in their first three years after graduation, regardless of their degree, Hmm. which means the value of that education isn't really preparing them for the workforce. So we recognize that. That's, That's globally, not just here in the United States. So that readiness has to be addressed. So we just did a master class with uh, apprentice programs, and there were probably 36 different apprenticeship programs for those that don't desire to go to college. Solid paid training, work for life opportunities where somebody can earn a living and raise a family in the neighborhood that they grew up in. Hmm. And right now the youth are looking at like, how am I going to afford to live where I grew up? So that's where that workforce development element is so mission critical. And Colab fills that, that need, that gap and performs it, and we're just getting going, too. We've only been at this a few years, and the success stories that we have, we build on that, and we're, we're, we're never, ever finished. We're always looking for better ways to apply, make those connections, and reach more youth. So um, it's, it's so important, and employers need that because right now mm-hmm. things are tough enough when things are going well, for an right. organization. So, you know, you hear about the uh, the great resignation. You know, employees are leaving companies now, and now what are you going to do? So you want to make sure that uh, we're acting responsible in providing that workforce readiness in the youth so organizations can have a solid talent pool. Whether you go That's to wonderful. Right. It's terrific. So, Mary... What do you think is the long-term follow-up from these from these collab students? Collab students. I think the long-term follow-up is going to be we, we track and monitor them. So even from two years ago, from 2019, the, the the pilots, the students that were in our pilot, we still track and include them. We 
offer certain sessions, we'll open up to everyone and say, if you're interested, you're welcome to join the Zoom. And we also do periodic uh, surveys where we go out to the past couple hundred students that have been in the program and ask them, where are you now? Are you currently looking for a job? If so, in what field? That kind of thing. Sadly, our response rate is, is fairly low. We're going to continue to work on that. I think it's just consistency, and a lot of the youth, as you know, change their their um, email addresses, and so it's, sure. it's, a lot, it's a lot to stay on top of. But the youth that do answer us are amazing, and so the long term is to have them become part of the alumni that will be, as you mentioned, mentoring master classes, and uh, and also help with resources. And I think that many of them already have, in terms of just referring youth to our program, and uh, and and I think it's that peer to peer kind of endorsement that really holds the mm-hmm. most weight on social media or they see each other at school and uh and and so i think it's it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for us to as we track and monitor find that indication of of impact is it long lasting uh just to give you an example we did focus we performed focus groups before we even formed the and we asked uh couple dozen students, hey, just wanted to know, wanted to ask you, what, what are you interested in going into? These were high school students. Mm-hmm. And they said there were only two answers, sadly, and it didn't matter if we were in Mar Vista or Santa Monica or, or Venice. The kids all said either the professional sports industry or the music industry. So we had one of our advisory board members who was with the uh, group NWA, and he is now a, a tech guru and opening charter schools in San Diego. And he said to them, what if I told you that you could be making eighty to 100000 out of the gate, out of high school, getting certified in technology in anything from cloud data, you know, cloud um, administration to, accept, you know, cloud uh, uh, certification, all kinds of things, and they and and make that money and play music on the weekends, and put money down on a house and have economic mobility and income mobility. Mm-hmm. And they all said, "Sign me up!" Yeah, <laughs> the no eyes big, right? Like, oh my right. god! Mm-hmm. So it, I think things are changing so quickly that. I know that even our collab advisory board, we can't meet enough, even though we meet for, with some frequency. It's there, it's just so much to stay on top of. The universities, I think, are having uh, maybe some kind of a struggle a little bit with the fact that a lot of these tech companies are opening their own schools. They offer certification. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities now. And it's just it's changing quickly where the you don't need a degree to make a lot of money very young, mm-hmm. right out of high school or even in high school. And so with all of these opportunities it's it's just it's changing everything and and I think it's a lot to stay on top of, which is why we want to continually evolve the program and keep it very nimble and malleable to the needs of companies and also to the needs of our students are participants. I sort of see you as a conduit 
I don't know, maybe that's that tool engineering <clears throat> husband mind that my husband had. But that's I that's that's how I, I visualize that. I I visualize the electricity going between and I also was thinking about, you know, I would imagine the majority of these young people have siblings that may also want to go through this program because they've watched their older brother or sister do this. And so I think that that's really cool. And I know all of a sudden we're going to be out of time. So I, I want to ask I want to ask a couple of questions before I would like to leave some time for a success story. So you have master class presenters and you have mentors. Maybe you could just, Brian, for those people that don't know, could you define what it means when you say a master class presenters? Sure. A master class presenter is a subject matter expert in that particular field or area that can provide that peek behind the curtain as to what's going on in that industry, in that field, what's necessary to succeed. So they're very laser focused on that particular subject. A mentor is somebody that is a guide questions in a broader sense. So they'll help the individual down the path and help them demystify certain things that they're not sure of, sort of provide that wisdom, that guidance, that shepherding. So that's what a mentor does. And a mentor is going to be for the whole journey. A mm-hmm. master class will provide the uh, very specific session on their area of expertise. Does that answer the and question? And where do the children... I, I call them children. Let's call them youth. Where do the youth go to have that presentation made to them about this specific matter? Well, sure, and that that's <clears throat> probably a silver lining of COVID Is where it? we went virtual and are able to, in the moment, bring in these subject matter experts with a group, and obviously there's wow. nothing better than a face-to-face, but logistically, right. when you look at it, it's pretty tough, but, you know, particularly in Los Angeles, right. where a 15-minute or a 15-mile gap is an hour. So mm-hmm. we were able to leverage the master class subject matter experts, get them in and get a group together have some dialogue, some Q&A, and some interaction where we wouldn't have been able to do that before. So we were able to flip that around. You know, life gives us lemons. Don't just make lemonade, you know, make a lemonade stand. So right. we were able to, you know, really cap, um, you know, the, the master class model and mm-hmm. provide some really valuable insight for the youth and uh, you know based upon the response um you know they really appreciated it so we had that reach so that's kind of the difference between a mentor now a master class um can be a mentor and mm. vice versa but a mentor I is a little see. bit long term <clears throat> as you're going mm-hmm. along for the whole journey the master class itself is 
you know, laser focused on a specific industry. And how long would a mass? Would, are we speaking a master class, or would you have multiple master classes? Go ahead, Mayor. We well, we we have a master class every week. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're different so every we, week. We, yeah, we keep a good, good variety, and you don't. You know, we encourage everybody to hit every master class because you never know what you're going to learn. But oh, uh, that's you know, there's great. Something, yeah, there's something for everybody, and you never know what will ignite curiosity, and that's what we're really mm-hmm. about: getting the youth to get interested and curious and ask questions and meet cool, weird, interesting, innovative people and find out what they tick and what makes them tick. So that's where we start to see the and we see the quality of the questions, Marsha, in our master classes. You know, we'll open up for questions and these aren't underhand beach ball questions. These are laser guided, very well crafted questions from these youth. So that's a testament in and of itself by the quality of their questions. We're seeing that's terrific. a tremendous level of interest and curiosity, and that's what this is about. It's igniting that well, curiosity. Well, I, I love this, and I'm, I'm actually looking at your website again, and I see that you're going to be having your next um, collab session starting in spring on the 25th of April. There's no charge for this. Am I correct? You just register. Right. That's correct, and we also do have in-person field trips. So our last field trip was at Tubit Circus for the fall cohort, and actually April 9th we're taking the youth to the Grammy Museum for a day of history of music and how to make music and listen to a panel of folks who are in the music industry and can talk about their journey and the different types of jobs and opportunities. And so we do have a bit of a hybrid program, Marcia, with the mm-hmm. virtual learning that we've been talking about, which is online curriculum with Rivaly, and then also that we curate each master class has assignments beforehand, and then we also survey the youth before and after so that we can gauge their, their interest. But we were just talking about, so they're exposed to about 15 to 18 different career industries in every cohort, but about 70% of the youth consistently express a desire I'm sorry, um, express that they have changed the trajectory Mm. they want to go on because when they come out our program the other end, their interest, their passion lies into something perhaps new that they hadn't thought about before but still in the same vein or stream that they were looking at before but now it's changed in a different industry perhaps. And so that's – I think that's the magnitude of what we're talking about is that – they don't know what they don't know, but when we expose them to these things and they have to learn about it and they and, and it's it's forcing them to have to think in terms of like Brian said, be curious, learn. Right. You can't cherry pick and just say, I only wanna you know, be go on and learn about technology. If they learn about the trades, you'd be surprised at how many kids are interested in the trades now. It's fascinating because they're exposed to it. They know there's economic mobility. They know there are high-wage, high-demand, high-growth jobs, and that it offers them opportunity to 
buy a house, to change the trajectory they're on, work close to where they live. And that right. impacts that ecosystem of the community. Mm-hmm. So we're interested in investing with the parents and the communities that we serve, and that's a big part of this. And I think it really has been a very healthy partnership with everyone we, we, we come in, in <clears throat> partnership with. It's been impactful, and I think that's the, the other bonus that is part of this mm-hmm. program. Yeah. Well, what, as what I'm looking at we, your website, we hear about. say that again, Brian. Yeah, I was going to jump in real quick. One thing that we do hear is that when they participate in the master classes, there's a lot of myth busters, and it demystifies it. So not only do they learn something about the industry that they didn't know before, but it, it busts myths and demystifies it, and that gets them engaged. So that's one of the comments that we hear over and over and over again. Wouldn't you agree, Mary? Yes, totally. Exactly right. Yeah. Because yeah. They, it's kind of like what you said, Mary. You don't know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. you're only going on what you do know until you go to these master classes and go, whoa. And I love this other thing. I, I Gosh, I wish we had more time. Um, but I love on your website, I think this is a really valuable tool as well, which is that um, collab quiz. Um, <laughs> and I, I will make sure that I um, indicate how people can do this by taking a survey, by, by sort of it, what it says is by completing a short quiz, you'll discover your personal strengths, your weaknesses, your attributes, your tendencies, and more. So it's a way of it's a way of doing a self check. Gosh, you know what? I could see where I wouldn't mind looking at that. You know, I could. That's that's a very valuable tool, and I, I, I your website is so well constructed, which doesn't surprise me, that those people that are <laughs> listening, you. I mean that those people that are listening could go, wow, I had no idea this was even available, and so as we. As we come to the end of this hour together, I did want to ask you two more questions. If you can, um, maybe one of you could take one and the other, <clears throat> and that is, mm-hmm. what do you? Maybe I'll ask you, Brian. What do you see for the future for Colab? We see more organizations supporting Colab and more strategic partnerships supporting Colab, which will allow us to reach more youth than ever in different communities too. So I think our strategic partnerships are going to increase dramatically and Mm -hmm. our support from industry because they're going to realize that if they don't do this, they're not building that conduit, tapping into that conduit that you described, that, that bench mm-hmm. strength. And an organization's competitive strength is predicated by one thing and one thing only, and that's the strength of its bench. So they're either grooming it or it's walking, or they never had it before. So I think we're going to, when word gets out, it's sparked by, for instance, Wells Fargo, you know, T-Mobile, Target, and the different groups that we have support. Word will get out, and all we need is one in a row, and then it starts to really perpetuate. With that yes. support, we're going to reach more youth. 
That's what I agreed. I agreed. I I I so agree with what you're saying. So I I'm a story collector. I, I mean, I feel what you and I, the three of us, are doing. You, Mary, and Brian, is we are sharing stories. You've allowed me to interject some of my thoughts about this. But let's let's close this um, podcast together with a, maybe a, a success story that you could share that's like, so let me just tell you, we haven't been around all that long, but let me share this with you. I would love if you could share that, Mary. I would be delighted. <laughs> One of the most recent success stories is Ava, and she was in our a year ago a summer program, and then she repeated it, I'm sorry, a year and a half ago. So she came in the winter session and then <clears> summer, <throat> spring and summer, and she is currently going to UC San Diego. And during our program, she always had fantastic questions. She was very curious, but, but really shared a lot with us about the program and how it was helping her and what she really liked and wanted to highlight and underscore that was impactful for her. And she had a mentor who actually got her an internship with Councilwoman Monica Rodriguez. Um, Ava Ooh. lives in Tawanga. She's from there. And she also got on a youth council. And then through one of our partners, uh, the National Diversity Coalition, they had a selection application process to take youth to Washington, D.C. for five days and speak to the different agencies and have the opportunity to go to the museums, all expenses paid, and also speak with congressional members about the communities the youth are from. And we nominated three youth, and Ava was selected. So she's actually starting uh, this week in Washington, D.C. And so... It's that's one of our success stories, and we also she's spoken at some of our uh, mentor orientations about the impact of mentorship and some best practices that she experienced, and then also she's spoken to our orientation for the collab youth about how to maximize the opportunity and the experience, and so I'd say she's one of our most recent and and uh, really just a wonderful youth that we had the pleasure and honor of of serving and uh just always thrilled to hear what she's going to do next really you know you kind of want to think to yourself okay so here's where she is now after what a year and a half in your program is that what i understand yes three different cohorts right and where is she going to be in five years and what is she going to be saying? She's going to be on our board. Yeah, she's yeah, going to be exactly. on our board. <laughs> well, but you know what? You're laughing, but it's, it's, I mean, you know, you can't say yes to everything. And, and I, am, I am talking to two people that probably say yes to too many things at times and go, oh, my God, I can't do one more thing. But the reality is, is that five years from now, it's going to be very interesting as you continue with what you're doing, which I think is just a phenomenal program, and I'm, my mind is racing as to the types of people that I've come in contact and the, and the jobs that they do and how that could maybe fit into something. I, I, the program that I immediately think of, they are mentoring college students, but I wonder 
how that could maybe be drilled down a little bit. And, you know, you're not going to get to college without being prepared. And why not start at that high school level? In fact, at 14, you're not in high school. You're still in middle school, aren't you? Uh, 14 is high school. Oh, it is high yeah, school? That's like eight, that's yeah, that's like late 8th, early ninth grade. Oh, so, okay, so there's there's a definition that was important to me because I think of high school as starting, you know, in the ninth grade. Um, but the, the I guess the bottom line is is that for not only these students, but what also in, in comes to my mind is not just them, it's the impact on their families. Imagine being that parent of, of, of um, Ava and thinking, look at what my daughter has been able to do thanks to the connection of Colab. Imagine the, the, the I mean, you, you can't not put your hand over your heart and go, thank you. Thank you for making this a possibility that we wouldn't have seen four years ago for our daughter. It's just, it's remarkable, you guys, truly. Thank you. <sighs> <laughs> It really is. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot to really take in and appreciate what it is your desires are for, you know, helping this, the world, you know, get into an, um, these young people to get into industry so that they can support themselves and their families, but also have satisfaction. If it's only about the money, it's not going to be as satisfying as doing what you love and money comes along with it, in my opinion. Very true. And that's the big thing is to find their bliss, what they're passionate about, and they can, they can right, work anywhere. Right, Absolutely. Well, I knew this would be a great show. I knew that, um, Brian, like I said, you and I have never met, but now I want to, to, to know you and be your best friend, so um, we'll have to do that. Anybody from Detroit, that's a place to start. But I just I want to thank you for what you are doing and for being a guest on my show. I've been doing this a long time, Mary. You know that. I've, this, yes. I'm just about through seven years of a weekly show. And I just am so grateful to be able to share your story with our listeners. And so thank you. Thank you so very much for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. An You're honor very welcome. Marcia. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. So everybody, go out there. Think about how you might be able to contribute or know of somebody that would benefit from this. And have a wonderful week. And I know it's March and there's a little madness out there. I'm just saying, I know. But <laughs> we'll just keep it on based on what we're talking today. And um, I wish you all a wonderful, healthy week. And, you know, six months from now or a year from now or whatever, let's do this again and let's see where you've gone from the last time, which is this conversation today. I think that would be really outstanding. So I will bid you all farewell. Um, have a lovely rest of your week. And um, I will say goodbye for now, everybody. So long. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian.